head of Aaron and flowed down to his beard, even the skirts of his garment. I tell you what, it's a wonderful thing when God's people get together and God's people are together. That's, you know, there's two things. Because I've seen God's people get together and, man, they were not together one bit. You know, kind of like having a quartet that sings. All of them may be singers, but, man, if they're not together you got a problem on the song and rhythm and out of key and everything. Have, have, have you ever witnessed that before where it's just like it's kind of crazy, like, oh, my goodness, how bless their heart, bless their heart. You just start praying, oh, Lord, help them. Oh, dear, dear Lord, help them. But it's so good to see you tonight. And I trust that the Lord is blessing your life and filling your heart and your life with his joy and his presence. I appreciate you being here. I look forward to preaching the Word of God. I look forward to celebrating God's Word. I learned a long time ago that I, no matter what I say or what I do, I can only do so much, and it's always very limited. But with the combination of whatever I might say and with the combination of the anointing of the Word of God and the ability poured out by the Holy Spirit, God just might make a preachable message out of this. Because if I just celebrate his word and give glory to God in his word, then the Lord will do something this evening. So I'm so glad that you're, you're here with us tonight. Would you turn with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter 12? There are a lot of distractions in the world right now a lot of distractions but don't let anything distract you from celebrating this holy time and this holy day of Christmas don't let anything get in the way of that your celebration because our faith is founded founded so much on the fact that a savior has come and brought us salvation. If Jesus had not come, then we would still be under the law. And there's no way that we could be saved under the law. It was only an attempt to reach God. But God came down, Emmanuel. And the Savior came to the world. And so we need to celebrate and glorify the Lord. And rightfully so, that in this season of the year, when it gets darker at 5 o'clock, and we're ready to go to bed at 5.30, because it's, it's gotten dark and we're kind of full and, and, and everything. And, but the fact is, is that, you know, isn't it so wonderful, if rightfully so, that the lights ought to be, be turned on. That the Christmas lights and decorations are up. I love the fact of, of with, there are lights everywhere. And isn't it wonderful that in the dark you see those beautiful lights shining. And it just makes the light shine even brighter. And we need to celebrate Amen. It's just like birthday candles on someone's birthday on their cake. You know, Jesus has got candles lit all over this nation and all over this world celebrating him and he coming to this earth and his birth. So we celebrate the Lord. We glorify him and we celebrate Christian, Christmas in the kingdom. 
We don't celebrate any other model or motive or, or any type of method but through the kingdom of God. Because you and I have experienced the truth of Christmas, the truth of the gospel, the whole reason for the whole thing. We see the real thing. Nothing mythical about this. This is real. This is true. This is glorious. And it's beyond just a good feeling. It is beyond tradition. It is truth, truth being brought forth to the world of salvation. Let me tell you, I've been seeing people who are almost at the brink of death, and they're dying. And I've been seeing them, and I want you to know that in the, some places I've been recently, and a person lying there in a hospital bed in their home, there's some resemblance of decorations of Christmas. But as I walk into that home, I realize Christmas has a whole different type of direction in that environment. Amen. It doesn't matter how many ho-ho-hos Santa may give. It's something more deeper. The message becomes more profound. The idea and the gospel becomes more pertinent and important. And when I go in there and I begin to talk about Jesus and I, I begin to talk about because Jesus came to earth, we can receive eternal life. And that person rejoices with me with the re eternal life that they have in Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, that's celebrating Christmas in the kingdom. That's where the rubber meets the road right there. And so I just want you to just don't let yourself be distracted. If you've got to turn off the TV, turn it off. You've got to change channels, turn off. If you've got to watch It's a Wonderful Life 50 times before Christmas Day, you watch it. But you make sure that you realize that don't let your brain, your mind, your, your environment, your life be constantly consumed by the distraction. Go and behold the star. Go and know that the town of Bethlehem, a Savior, has come. Go and know that the devil tried to stop God's plan, but he couldn't stop it because the Lord brought the Savior. The Savior lived his life. The Savior died on the cross, brought us redemption, and we celebrate Christmas in the kingdom. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Because I believe this room is filled with a lot of people know what they're talking about experience is the best teacher isn't it experience we have through our experience in christ discovered the truth of christmas's kingdom let's go to luke chapter 12 verse 29 through 32 i want to share a little bit more about the kingdom so we celebrate more what jesus has come and brought what he has provided we need to celebrate that and glorify him. Luke chapter 12, let's pray first. Father, in the name of Jesus, begin to touch our minds, our hearts. Prepare within us, Lord, the message for us. The message that your spirit's wanting to speak to us through this particular verses, particular things I might say. God, speak to your people even things that I'm not even saying. Speak to our hearts as the anointing is flowing and the word is opened up. Holy Spirit, begin to teach us, talk to us, lead us in the name of Jesus Christ. Let the ministers rise up in the house. Let God's people rise up in the house with the gospel, with the good news, and celebrate you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Very familiar passage of scripture. 
It's when they're in Caesarea Philippi, Jesus asked a question to the disciples, you know, who, who do men say that I am? And then finally he gets to them personal and he says, he said, who do you say that I am? And, and so they get to that place and no, I'm not there. I'm at the wrong place. Forgive me. Luke chapter, uh, chapter 12, let's just read it. And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink nor have an anxious mind, nor have an anxious mind, nor have an anxious mind. Am I getting the point there? Nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Yes, indeed, God has given the kingdom, and the kingdom of God is here on earth today. It's not of a total fruition and completion, but God has come down and brought his kingdom through his son, Jesus Christ. We see here the mandate from Jesus saying, seek first, seek you first in Matthew 6, 33. Seek you first the kingdom of God. And so, seeking first the kingdom of God, we need to see the advantages of seeking first God's kingdom rather than seeking after other things and going in other directions. I don't know about you, but, but I've heard people say many times uh, that they had gotten distracted, they had got into distraction, came to discouragement, and in the discouragement, they began to fill their life because they had decided that they were going to seek after something else besides the Lord but if you seek you first the kingdom of heaven all these other things will be added unto you the Lord has given us the complete work through Jesus Christ Jesus came Jesus died Jesus went and Jesus is coming back again but the complete work is through Jesus Christ our Lord if we get our eyes on other things and in distractions of the this world will let you down this world will will leave you feeling empty this world will, will leave you along the side of the road somewhere or in a ditch uh, in destitution and, and being broken down, being hurt, and they will even let you lay there and die. But when it comes down to God, God says, I will not let man get to that state. I'm going to provide a way. I'm going to provide an opportunity. I'm going to bring my kingdom into a place uh, that needs me and needs my kingdom. God says, not only am I going to come down and I'm going to be with you, but I'm going to bring all of heaven with me. I'm going to bring all of heaven's resources with me, and I'm going to bring you into my kingdom. I'm going to become flesh and understand man like man needs to be understood. I can't understand man, but God in his infinite wisdom and truly through God's personal experience, uh, he understands and knows exactly what I'm going through exactly what you're going through but not only did he do that to experience 
what we're going through when he came down he decided he said I want man to once again walk with me in the cool of the day I want man to once again be able to commune with me and be with me and see me and enjoy what I have to bring amen when Adam would walk with God in the cool of the day don't you know he had looked forward to those evenings where he would walk and talk with God Moses when he saw God his glory followed behind him so can you imagine the experience of Adam when he walked with God on the at the cool of the day and commune with God because wherever God went came his kingdom wherever God moved was his glory and because of that no doubt Adam looked forward to when he was going to meet up with God again now through Jesus Christ we don't have to dread coming in contact with God we don't have to be afraid that we can't touch the Mount Zion and that we would be put to death because we are not able to draw near unto God but because of Jesus Christ there's nothing in the way honey there's nothing standing in the way and it's you and your God walking hand in hand and joined together and it all happened because we're celebrating Christmas in the kingdom. I feel sorry for religious people that can't use any bit of imagination to stir up some bit of excitement. They're just religious and cold and dead regimented type of relationship but they have no relationship at all you know but we have relationship through Jesus Christ we don't have religion we have relationship and this all happened because he came down made himself available for us made himself available for us he brought the kingdom and then he says he says seek you first the kingdom of God and there's benefits in the kingdom of God. I mean, we can look in John chapter 3 where the Nicodemus came to Jesus in the evening hour. And there he goes in and he talks. Jesus talks to Nicodemus about being born again. And Nicodemus is trying to understand this concept. He's still trying to understand it in, in the, the ideas of Judaism. We're trying to understand it, what the popular thought was. But Jesus came and brought him a truth. And he said, he said, I tell you the truth. Unless a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. Do you know what born again means? In, in, a, in the true translation sense, born again means being born from above. Unless we're born from above. Unless we take our citizenship from above and we join in in a birthing situation that we're born into this kingdom. We have rights in this kingdom. We were born in this kingdom. We're not aliens. No, we're natural born citizens into the kingdom of God. And with that comes rights and privileges because we've been born into the kingdom of God. We're born in the spirit. We become those natural citizens of the kingdom of God. And what does that mean? What are the benefits of citizenship? What are the responsibilities of it? 
Well, the definition of a citizen, it is a native member of a nation who owes allegiance to its government and is entitled to its protection and privileges. That's kingdom. The protection and the privileges of it. How many here born again? Raise your hand. How many been born again? Born? Well, you're natural citizens of God's kingdom. And you now, with your allegiance to the government of God's kingdom, therefore, you're entitled to its protection and its privileges. And my Lord, there is protection and there is privileges in God's kingdom. Our benefits of belonging to the kingdom of God is that we're provided protection and privileges, which I believe are the promises of God and the promises that he's given us as his people. If we read his word, we find his promises to us. Promises that we're taken care of more than the birds of the air and the lilies of the field in Matthew 6. The promises in this relationship, in this citizenship that we have of the kingdom. Promises of peace and joy and righteousness in the Holy Spirit that Paul wrote up in Romans 14 and 17. Promises of my yoke is easy and my burden is light in Matthew 11 and 13. In Deuteronomy 8.18 it says but remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant which he swore to your forefathers as it is today. The point is that there is hope once we recognize and accept by faith God's reign over this present world as we accept and know that we're in the kingdom of God right now amen and that we know that we can produce wealth God's going to bless us he's going to not only preserve us but he's going to prosper us and he's going to bless you amen that we have the benefit never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread God will take care of his own why because we're natural born citizens into the kingdom amen uh, there's we don't have to do anything but we've just been born into it through Jesus Christ our Lord God didn't have to do it but he did it God didn't have to come but he came God just continuously he came down to this world and every time I think uh, of uh, the nativity and I think of the drama in Bethlehem and I think of the account of the angels and the shepherds and, and the glories and the wise men coming forth I see nothing but the love of God the love of God the love of God behold what manner of love the father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God we're in the kingdom yeah yeah somebody calling you complaining want to bring up the distractions in the world you say honey I'm sorry I just got the kingdom on my mind right now and the king says he's going to take care of things and the king says he rules and he reigns and so therefore I'm going to put my confidence in the kingdom where I've been born into that I'm a natural citizen of heaven with all the rights, with the privileges 
of protection and prosperity. God blesses us. Amen. When John the Baptist began preaching, he said, The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Repent and believe and know. Turn away from the world and believe that the kingdom of God is near. Jesus has come in to usher in the kingdom. It's not coming to completion yet, but it is coming to being. It, is, it exists, but the consummation hasn't happened yet. That's going to happen in the future. But all benefits, privileges, and rights given to a citizen has been given to you and I. The Apostle Paul understood that when he said he declared that we were ambassadors for Christ. Ambassadors for the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. So therefore you and I are ambassadors with all, with the seal of approval, with the seal of authority, with the seal of blessing that that heavenly kingdom goes wherever I go. That's what happens with ambassadors. You know that, don't you? Everywhere they go, their airplane, themselves, their entourage all of the United States of America they're declared the nation is with them if there's attack on them it's an attack on the nation because of the seal that's given them God's given you a seal and the enemy wants to lie to you and tear you down even making you be afraid or want you to become afraid. But you remember the seal that you have that's been given by the Holy Spirit that, that declares who you are in God, that you've been sealed by the Spirit of the living God, Paul teaches, and therefore we're ambassadors. So when you go to work tomorrow, you go to work as ambassador in the kingdom. You go to work tomorrow talking about your king and talking.